Wine you. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Brenna Payo. And I'm your other host, Joe Payo. We have a special one for you tonight. This is our first bonus episode of Wine You Wish Upon a Star. We're deviating. Yes. All of you who are our great fans know that we have been going in chronological order. All five of you. All five of our great fans. I'm cutting that. This is a very special episode for us because we are deviating from what we normally do. We are not doing the next uh, theatrically released motion picture from the Walt Disney animated features. Instead, we are doing one that's actually very recent, as recent as 2012. And the reason why is this is a special request from one of our greatest fans, somebody who's related to us, somebody who's very near and dear to our hearts, somebody who just recently turned 21, Avery O'Neill. Why, hello there. I'm very happy to be here on this podcast of Wine You Wish Upon a Star. I've been a fan since the very beginning, so uh, what has it been, like, almost a year now? It's exciting. Yeah, that's right. So um, we decided, it's a special occasion for Avery. It's very close to her birthday. We thought we would try a little bonus episode just to kind of, like, loop her in. It's a little different from the original format, but uh, we just wanted to do this for funsies. If you hate it, just skip right on ahead to Alice in Wonderland. That's why it's a bonus. This or is episode don't. six and a half, I guess. So Avery's here, and she she's picked our movie. Picked our movie, Tinkerbell, Secret of the Wing. Yes, this is a movie that was that was made about six years ago by the Disney Toon Animation Company, which was a wing of the Disney Animation Company that only basically did stuff that was like direct to DVD or direct to Disney Channel. But nevertheless, you guys should really check out the Tinkerbell movies. A lot of them are on Netflix. Go see them while you can. They're underrated, I they're, swear. They are. Uh, the first one that I saw was, what was it? The one of the Wilderbeast? The Legend the of the Wilderbeast? The Neverbeast. That's what it was. Of the Neverbeast. Uh, duh. And this movie made me, that movie made me cry like the Iron Giant. Mainly because it's almost the exact same story as The Iron Giant. But it's a great movie. Basically, what my crying husband is trying to tell you is these are good movies and you should go and see them. Especially the one with Tom Hiddleston. His voice is irresistible, especially when he starts singing. Oh, that's the pirate one. There's a pirate movie. You just go check it out. Anyway, let's cycle back. Tinkerbell, Secret of the Wing. Secret of the Wings. The movie starts off with a narrator... Uh, using rhyming couplet to tell us that there are multiple seasons for the fairies. There are the warm seasons and there are the cold seasons. Wait, let me let me jump in right here. Are they temporal seasons? Like seasons is uh, like time? Three months out of every year? Three or four months out of every year? Just like our world? No. There is a strict line that runs down the middle of the fairy land world i'm it's not quite an sure island if you watch the other movies uh, so it's, it's a fairy island. island it's a fairy island but there but is a strict line that runs down the middle and it is very clear there's winter on one side and there is summer or warm seasons on the other side so it's a geographical separation yes so it basically separates spring summer fall from winter since winter has snow and you will learn later on that some fairies can and cannot be in both areas. Hi, spoiler alert. Oh my god. 
So anyway. Fascinating. The rhyming couplets tell us this. We start the story. The warm weather fairies are creating baskets that get sent to the cold weather fairies to be used as snowflake baskets. So Tinkerbell and all of her friends are making all the baskets or getting everything ready. And in come the snowy owls that pick up the baskets and take them over to the cold weather land. And immediately, right off the bat, Tinkerbell is like, well, why can't we go over to the cold weather land? Why can't we see what happens over there? And she basically takes every job she can to try to go over there. She even helps the like animal fairies wrangle the rabbits and ferrets and squirrels that like go over to the cold weather because she thinks that means she gets to go over there but we find out there's a strict rule that warm weather fairies are not allowed in the cold weather area no matter what who created this rule well we don't know yet we will know Uh, this is this that is actually that, that wasn't a leading question this was me honestly asking that question because i missed the first 10 minutes of the movie because i was making popcorn because someone decided they had to make popcorn you begged him to shut up uh my name's avery i didn't say someone (laughs) you just reintroduced yourself because you said shut up uh like you forgot my name so i clarified i forgot the name of my youngest sister who i've known these 21 years ethel (laughs) Marmac, <laughs> Lucinda, Bee Boop. I don't. I don't. Who would name their the child Bee Boop? Who would name their child Avery? Back to the movie. Basically, the entire first like 10, 15 minutes of the movie, Tinkerbell's trying to figure out how to get across the dividing the dividing line between the cold and the warm, and she ends up just running across it. And her wings start to sparkle. She's just am- amazed by the snow. Meanwhile, everybody on both sides of this little, like, climate divide is just like, you need to go back where you belong. She's like, but it looks so pretty. But it's just too cold for her. And so her wings start to, like, shrivel. She can't handle the cold. She's still in a little, like, st- strapless little thing that she's wearing from Peter Pan. Like, this, that is definitely not enough for the cold so she immediately has to be like pulled back to the other side by her friends and she gets taken to the fairy er where they use a little buzzer bug to ring in and basically like they warm up her wings and everything's okay all of her friends think she's insane because they're like yeah we didn't see your wings sparkle that doesn't make any sense that's not a thing Tinkerbell then starts to research all about the like shimmery wings because she's like i'm not crazy so she goes to the library and first off uh the beautiful butterfly is there yeah there is uh one of the residents one of the residents of the library is a bookworm a literal bookworm that just crawls around and eats the pages out of the books that they have and he bears a striking resemblance to heimlich from a bug's life and so when he first saw him he's just like oh i thought he became a beautiful butterfly and you also hear Tinkerbell say out loud, like, oh, it's not that book I'm looking for. Oh, it's not that one. That's Beauty and the Beast. You're seeing a lot of different references to previous Oh, but it's a pun because it's Beauty and the Bees. Yeah, she says Beauty and the Bees. It's funny. I did not catch it. So it's all fairy puns. It's all fairy and and bug puns. Yeah, so she finds the book she's looking for, which is Wingology. And of course, the book flies away. It's much like Harry Potter. Like, the book is alive. She catches the book. 
but the page she's looking for about shimmery wings has been eaten by the bookworm. So she's like, well, how do I find the author? And the librarian fairy tells her like, oh, well, you have to find the keeper. And the keeper is a cold weather fairy, so you'll never find him. And that's the end of that. And she's like, well, I'll show you. I love when she talks to him. It's like the stereotypical, like the hot girl talking to the nerdy guy. Like she's like, can you help me? And she's just like rolling her shoulders back. Just like, please, I'm just so helpless. And you'd be so helpful to me. But he doesn't really get it. So he's like, um, you don't understand. The bookworm ate that page, so I can't help you with that. That's actually pretty good. Hey, thanks. So good. at this point, then Tinkerbell's like, well, now I have to go to the winter world. So this is when she sneaks into one of the baskets, because we find out that there's another shipment of baskets going out the next day. But she also prepares by making her own winter clothes. Right. So this time she's like, okay, I know what to expect. So she makes a coat and leggings and shoes and a hat and like all sorts of stuff. She even puts little, little like winter puffs on her shoes. The ingenuity that she had in creating these clothes. Better than Louis Vuitton. The only problem is while she's wearing the coat, she can't use her wings. Because they're tucked up under the coat. But uh, that is the danger of her using her wings in the Winterland, is that they could freeze and snap, is what they uh, what she's been warned. So Tinkerbell has to get into one of the baskets in order to get to the Winter World, because she can't fly there herself. So she gets in the basket, the owl picks her up. She, of course, picks the basket that the newest owl is, so the landing is rough, and she ends up dropping her book the wingology book it slides across the ice and of course it ends up at the foot of the lord of the winter world who's lord malory lord malory and he is voiced by timothy dalton so he sounds very british very regal and very frightening and he picks up the book and he goes where did this come from and one of the other fairies goes like oh maybe one of the warm fairies you know left it in the basket and you know it Got dropped, whatever. And he's like, well, see that it gets back to the keeper. But he, like, is really kind of like, um, I don't believe that, you know. But we cut to the book being taken back to the keeper and Tinkerbell chasing basically after because that's who she's trying to find is the keeper. They get to the keeper's house and Tinkerbell's kind of, you know, moving around very slowly, secretively, so that she doesn't get revealed. However, when she's doing this, she hears another female's voice, another fairy. And she's talking to the keeper, saying, like, hey, my wings are sparkling, I don't understand, my friends won't believe me, and which is the same situation that Tinkerbell's going through. So she reveals herself, and they go through this kind of aha moment. When they see each other, they meet each other, their wings are sparkling together. You get that sense of that Disney magic that is portrayed in this scene. Well, and at that point, the keeper says, like, step onto this platform and he like raises them up and he's like put your wings into the light and it's almost like a projector goes through their wings and you start seeing images it's reliving all of their memories i think yeah where it shows sort of like when they were children for tinkerbell it shows you see this image of big ben which harkens back to peter pan and she's just like what it's the mainland and then it shows like this sort of like these people like dressed in winter garb and so it's just like that's probably what the other what the other fairies memories involved well it shows a baby and it shows a baby laughing and then it shows two seeds appearing and the i don't know biology behind this is that fairies are born when a baby laughs and so when this 
particular baby laughs, two seeds appear. And they float along together, and then one of the seeds kind of gets caught in the trees of the warm weather side, and one of the seeds doesn't and continues to float on and ends up landing in the cold weather side. So essentially, they're twins, and they've been separated at birth. And the keeper like loses his mind. He gets so excited by this. And he's like, well, this is a brand new chapter. This has never happened before. And what we also find out is that when they hold up their wings, their wings are absolutely identical. So they're twins. Although they don't call them twins, they just call them sisters. And we find out that her sister's name is Periwinkle. Like the flower. Or the color. Or both. Or the, yeah. At this point, while they're, like, celebrating their, like, discovery, Lord Mallory walks in. <gasps> Not him. And he's like, Keeper, I need to talk to you. And the Keeper's, like, trying to, he's like, I'll try to distract him. And the Keeper's like, oh, what do, what do you need? You know, you never come in to say hi anymore. And Lord Mallory goes, hi. It's like, hi, howdy. Hi. Howdy do. Yeah. <laughs> I need to talk to you. <laughs> we rhymed. Oh. Oh. It's like sisters. By the way, the keeper has this weird sort of like Norwegian accent that is hilarious, but also at the same time, like this is one of those things that I think people did a lot more in the fifties than they do now. Like this, hey, hello, my name is Yargi Jorgensen. I <laughs> I looked it up. I thought that he was actually pretending to be this made-up character, Yogi Jorgensen. If you haven't heard the song Jingle Bells, you really should listen to that. But it turns out, and this is a fun fact. <gasps> Are you ready, Avery? Fun facts with Joe Payo. The person who did the voice of the keeper, who at this point is revealed to be named Dewey, his name is Jeff Bennett. He's a very prolific voice actor. And he modeled the voice of the character after a character that uh, Tim Conway did on the Carol Burnett show named Mr. Tudball, who was a Midwestern man of Norwegian descent. So that's why he talks like this and has a little bit of an accent. That's the end of my fact. So Lord Mallory is there, and he basically like says to the keeper, listen, if you see any warm weather fairies, you need to send them back. Like, you have to tell me... This is way too dangerous for a warm weather fairy, you know, like you have to tell me. And the keeper, who we know is named Dewey, is like, okay, yeah, for sure. I'll I'll send him back. I'll tell you. Meanwhile, he's like moving around so that the Lord doesn't see Tink. So Lord Mallory leaves and Tink and Periwinkle, you know, are like, Dewey, don't tell on us. And he's like, okay, listen, you can have like one day. He's like, if, as long as Tinkerbell leaves by the first moonlight of, like, this evening, it, it'll be warm enough that her coat will be okay. So they're like, okay, woohoo. So then, basically, Periwinkle, Tinkerbell's sister, proceeds to show her around, show her what she does, things like that. Um, everything that you basically don't see in the warm weather um, side of her, her land, I guess. It's like when anybody from... A warm weather place visits a cold winter environment. Like, I'm going to show you how to ice skate. I'm going to show you how to sled. 
And it's nice. And it's set to like, the, it's this montage set to a song that's performed by the McLean sisters. I was driven to dancing while we were watching it. I was told to stop dancing because well, it was we, distracting. We said it was like an earthquake. We couldn't even write down our no, notes. I'm sorry. You said Joe Quake. It was a Joe Quake? No, because you I was said dancing? Joe Quake. No, you, I said earthquake. You said, no, it's a Joe Quake. Okay. Well, because that's hilarious. Then why didn't you use the joke now? It was like a Joe Quake. <laughs> A Joe, Joe Quake. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, I'll accept that. But, you know, I couldn't stop dancing. It was just like, you know, it was like this really, really upbeat song where it's just like two sisters who are united. One of them is showing the other one around, showing her how to ski and how to sled. It was nice. The other thing that they find out during this montage is that they both collect things. Uh, Tinkerbell says, like, oh my gosh, you have a drawer of stuff that is lost things. And her sister Periwinkle says, no, actually, I call it, this is my drawer of found things. It's a really kind of cute sort of <laughs> yin and yang kind of thing. Where she's like, eh, and they use them. Like, one of the things that Periwinkle has in her drawer are, is um, a collection of paper clips. And then when you see them ice skating, they're ice skating on the paper clips. It's adorable. Well, they even say later, they're like, oh, we went ice skating because of all of her found things. Exactly. Like, they even bring it up again later. But they realize that, like, even though they've been in two separate places, they've had a lot of the same shared experiences. So, like, even down to, like, your favorite drink is, like, hot chamomile tea. My favorite is ice chamomile tea. And they realize, like, they're basically, like, soulmates. It's like they're sisters. They are sisters. We've already my, my, that part. My mind is blown right now. They're having so much fun, but as it goes in these kinds of stories, it can't always be wonderful because they're in all of their fun. They're having fun on this like cliffside, and then the moonlight has come. They she still hasn't left, so she like has a fire going, and of course, like it melts the ice that it's under, so it breaks the cliff that they're sitting on, and she starts to fall. So as they're kind of tumbling down, it's just like, oh no, oh my gosh. Then the keeper shows up riding a, a baby bod bobcat. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. It's like a, this, the thing is like everybody looks like, you know, these like CG Disney characters. This bobcat for some reason looks very photorealistic. Super realistic. Like you saw every bit of fur on that bobcat. Yeah, it looks very real. And so it's kind of a strange thing. But, at the, but you accept it because it's like... The keeper is just like, oh, I'm going to save you because he's been kind of looking after them because he doesn't want there to be this kind of schism between the sisters or between the different sort of, you know, seasonal divisions of the fairies. Anyway, he rescues them, but that's the point where he decides, like, now I see. This is way too dangerous. You can't be here together. Before Lord Mallory finds out about this, we need to take Tinkerbell back home. So they ride the bobcat back to the border to drop off Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell's just like, oh gosh, this is this is well, really sad. They're really crushed about it. And then Tinkerbell says, wait, I've got a plan. Meet me here tomorrow. And her sister Periwinkle is just like, oh my gosh, I thought you were going to say goodbye forever. But yes, I will be here tomorrow. Because they're going to try to make a plan. Tinkerbell wants to find a way that she can you know, spend some time with her sister. She had spent so much great time in the winter. She wants to find a way for her sister to be with her in the autumn world. They live in the autumn, right? Autumn woods? The warm side, basically. They say warm woods, but they... It's basically every season but winter. 
Okay. Spring, summer, fall. Good job. That's every season but winter. Thank you. Either way, her sister cannot spend time with them because she's used to cold climate. So she goes to her friends, and her friends are uh, inventors. Her friends are named Clank and Bobble, and they live together. And when she first, like, knocks on their door, they, like, have this security system set up where they, like, shoot a net at her and just kind of entrap her. And they're like, oh, sorry, we thought you were trolls. And it's kind of endearing, but she's just like, I need you to invent something for me because here's my plan. You mean she needs them to help them tinker with something. Yeah, she's the inventor. Tinkerbell's the inventor. But they tinker because they're tinker fairies. That's right. She comes up with the ideas. Because her sister is a frost fairy. That was one of the things they connected on. She's like, I'm a frost fairy. I love frosting things. She's like, I'm Tinkerbell. I love tinkering with things. Anyway, these these other guys, like they, they kind of are her kindred spirits of just like, we need to create some kind of invention so that I can carry out this secret mission that nobody can know about. Bobble comes in and was like, hey, I only told all of your friends, which is about five people, so... Well, it's all the main fairies from all the other movies. Exactly. It's basically all of her friends. By the way, Bobble is uh, played by Rob Paulson. He is a very, another very prestigious voice actor. He was the voice of Yakko Warner from Animaniacs. That's why he's got that voice like, Oh yeah, I'll help you out with all of this. He's got a very recognizable voice. The first time I had ever heard him was when I was a little wee lad. He was the voice of Raphael on the original Ninja Turtles series. And he's still working to this day. You go, Rob Paulson. So Tinkerbell and her friends work all through the night to create this cold device. And they bring it to the border the next day. And Tinkerbell has told Periwinkle to get her friends to bring a giant block of ice. So her friends bring a big old block of ice that's like two, three, four times the size of the fairies. So it takes four of them to carry it. So basically, Tinkerbell's device takes the ice block and shaves it down continuously using like a fan and makes snow. It's like a cheese grater mixed with a bicycle mixed with a fan. Yeah, so if they have the ice block mounted onto it, the cheese grater just like goes back and forth and it just it, it just makes a snow machine. And so any anywhere that they go, as long as Periwinkle stays underneath the snowfall, she's fine. And so they're, this gives Periwinkle the opportunity to... Uh, see all of the things she's never seen before, such as fish and butterflies and rainbows. And all of Tinkerbell's friends help her to experience all these amazing things. But unfortunately, on their way through the warm weather area, the ice runs out too quickly and Periwinkle, you know, is flying around, everything's fine. And then all of a sudden she like falls and she's like, oh my gosh, I can't feel my wings. She gets too hot and they rush her very quickly back to the border. Her wings look all kind of like they're melted like kind of like melted plastic and they're like we need to get there her there as soon as possible uh the friends are just like oh no we've run out of ice we need to wrap them up with whatever remaining ice we have and get her back to the border as soon as possible so they get back to the border and of course lord malori is there waiting for them waiting for them on an owl which like i feel like every villain or every character you think of as a villain has some type of bird or like flying thing to help them like you have like the owl here i mean you have like like 
I mean, of course, it's Ariel, so it's underwater. You have the eels to help Ursula. That's definitely That's a flat or like, or You are not like, at all backing or, up Or here. like the bat to help, what's his name, in Honest in also Anastasia. Not an I know it's not. Definitely not making your point, but I'd love for you to continue. Also, the rescuer's down under. He's got that Komodo dragon. That's definitely not an owl or a flying me I mean, the closest you could have gotten, you could have said Jafar and like... There you go then. Jafar and the freaking parrot. And Maleficent. She has a crow. Yeah, so there you, you could go. have said literally so, anybody. If you had listened to our podcast at there all, there are really birds awesome. and flying <sighs> things to help out the villains, which you see with Lord Malory and that owl that he has. But, they, but the owls, why. but the owls, they were also bringing the, you know, they're they're part but of the the commerce. Owls. Well, they're this, going back and forth to bring the baskets that they make. You could tell in the eyes of this owl, it wasn't like the other owls. That it's is like, true. He has a, a particularly snitch, mean looking owl, like a snitch kind of owl, and snitches get stitches. So I wouldn't say snitch because like it's not a narc owl. It's a narc owl. No, it's not. It's just kind of an owl that's like got like glaring eyes, like it's it kind of squinting. So anyway, Lord Malory's there, and he's not happy. He and his owl are pissed, his narc owl. He happens to be there at that moment to to kind of, like, tell Periwinkle, like, okay, okay, like, as soon as they get her across the border where she's, like, in the frosty area there, he's like, just release your wings, let them take in the cold, and when she does that, she's fine. She's healed. Yeah, he, he really just kind of helps her through this, like, tough time. And so he's not so much mad anymore, and Tink is like... But, but that's the, the whole thing where he's just like, this is the reason why I've always said warm fairies stay in warm weather, cold fairies stay in cold weather. I'm right, you're wrong, leave now. But this is when the queen shows up, which Tink thought she could get the queen on her side. By introducing the cold fairy in and say, these are antiquated rules. But this is when we find out that in actuality... This whole rule about the warm fairy staying on the warm side, cold fairy staying on the cold side, was the queen's rule, not Lord Malory's all the time. The queen, by the way, is voiced by Angelica Houston, which most people know as Morticia Adams from the Adams Family movies. Or the voice of all the Kaiser commercials. Or the spider queen from Captain EO. Or the voices of uh, Queen Claren from all the Tinkerbell movies. That's right. That's how I knew her first. Oh, there we go. Good job, Avery. You're welcome. So, basically, like, the queen and the lord are, like, we're upholding these rules no matter what. And Periwinkle and Tinkerbell are devastated. And this is when we see the queen and the lord share kind of a look. It's a knowing glance. It's a love look. A look of just, like, a jaded ex-lover kind of thing. Of season-crossed lovers. Seasons like star-crossed lovers, but seasons. Oh, because I love it. no, I enjoy that season. Yeah, let's lovers. keep that. We're keeping that. Perfect. After you see the season-crossed lovers, Queen Clarion and Lord Malory, um, they they part from that little split between the cold and the wind and the uh, warm areas, and Lord Malory on his little snow owl gets pissed at the machine that Tinkerbell and her friends have made and decide to push it over the edge into the water off the cliff never to be seen again or so we think what I know right so basically the machine falls off it gets stuck and lodged between a tree branch and as it still is pedaling from the movement of the water 
another snow or um, ice block gets caught in between the cheese grater and it basically starts this storm, which will be foreshadowing into our climax of the story later on. And uh, after that, basically, it's switched to Periwinkle in the library with Dewey. Periwinkle is in the library uh, at Dewey's house, and she is just watching the story of her and Tinkerbell over and over again. It's the, the story that was created when their light went through their wings, and she just seems so sad. And then we cut to Tinkerbell talking to Queen Clarion, and... This is when we get the backstory of that look. And it turns out, yes, Queen Clarion and Lord Mallory were once in love. And they tried to go against their seasons. And it turns out that Lord Mallory, because of it, his wings were broken. And there was no way to fix them. And so because of that, Queen Clarion created the rule and she never saw him again. So basically they were in love, but they could never see each other. Forbidden love, like Romeo and Juliet. Like Queen Clarion and Lord Mallory. Like seasoned cross lovers. Season cross lovers. That should be the title of this podcast. I'll think about it. We cut back to the device that's now kind of stuck in the between the tree branch and this waterfall and the ice block, and it is just starting this massive frost that is spreading across the warm weather uh, season. As Queen Clarion puts it, it's thrown off the balance between the winter season and the spring, summer, fall season. There's no longer that boundary that you see. It is now just overtaken by this frost that is quickly moving throughout the seasons. So Tink and her friends push the device out of the waterfall, but it doesn't matter. Like the frost has already started and it's spreading rapidly across the warm weather season. So immediately they begin to wonder what's going to happen to the Pixie Hollow tree. Pixie Hollow is where they live. You know, it's this tree that gives them the fairy dust so they can fly, so that they can, you know, keep fairies up in the sky to move along their chores, their things to do. And they're taking blankets to try to cover the tree to think that that's going to help, but they're running out of options really fast. And this affects the fairies from the Winterlands because they actually have like a conduit that goes straight from the fairy tree to their frozen fairy tree and if the fairy tree where tinkerbell comes from is frozen over then they will no longer have the power of flight either and you actually start to see that kind of dwindle away until there's nothing left and that's when they know like we need to help protect the other seasons because if we don't then we will lose this power as well it's kind of this realization that all of the seasons work together Even though they have this kind of strict boundary, they all have to work together to create this pixie dust and this pixie hollow to keep everyone alive. So, of course, it's not just the fairies that live on this island. There's all different kinds of animals. So as the frost starts kind of creeping through towards Tinkerbell's land, they're saying, like, we need to protect all the animals. This is when they start putting the bugs inside of flowers. They start sticking the warm weather animals underground. They're basically hunkering down for a cold weather event. You see Tinkerbell start to kind of gather up some bugs and just kind of like, I've got these guys. She brings them into her like little apartment 
and you it, you see like the opposite direction of just like when she opens the door she's like all right you guys are safe there's like the camera turns the opposite way and she has like 27 different kinds of animals just like in her apartment they're just sitting there like hmm. and she has like a basket of like roly polies she's like here you guys go but they have like animals that eat roly polies in there and she's like you guys are safe but for some reason they're all just like yeah we're cool don't worry we're not gonna eat anybody because we're all scared here's a fun story when i was younger brenna actually told me that roly polyolies were created from dog poop and i thought that until i was like 14 until someone finally changed my mind about that idea fun facts with avery o'neill yeah, that sounds valid. I told you a lot of stuff while you were growing up. You did. Did you know that roly polies are actually like semi related to crustaceans? <gasps> fun facts with Joe Payo. That's not even a movie fun fact. That's like an actual like science fun fact. Like they're semi related to like crabs and lobsters. Well, anyway. I'm just enjoying you singing about yourself over here in the corner. Like <laughs> the really quiet version. Just like fun very. Fun facts with Joe Payo. Because you won't get close to the That could be my ringtone. We keep telling you to. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so after Tinkerbell brings in these uh, roly-polyolies with surrounded by birds and squirrels and whatnot, you know, we start to see her look around for ideas, and we see this frozen ball that was made by Periwinkle the first time that she came into the warm weather land. Oh, we didn't even mention that before, because they gifted her with an actual periwinkle flower, and she's just like, I'm going to love this forever, and she froze it over in a ball of frost. But then after that, that's when she had to go back to the border and everything went downhill. But she, but Tinkerbell kept on to it, but it started melting away. And after it starts melting away, you start to see the flower that was encapsized within it. You start to see how the flower has no longer decayed or, or broken or anything like that. It's been completely fine. And she realizes that within that ball of frost, the flower was completely safe. And she begins the idea and the thought of, well, what if we do that to the same with the rest of the warm weather area that has not been frozen over yet? Tinkerbell comes up with the idea to have the cold weather fairies kind of glacial over or frost over the pixie hollow tree in order to keep it safe from this harsh cold that's moving across. From the deep freeze that's creeping in. Exactly, the deep freeze. So the friends of Periwinkle are there, but there's only like three of them and they can't, they can't get it in time. And then all of a sudden you see this whole army of cold weather fairies coming and it's led by Lord Mallory. And Periwinkle goes up to him and says, listen, most of the fairies need to hit the pixie hollow tree, like the specific pixie dust tree, but whoever else can be spared needs to hit like the surrounding land. I love the moment where like when the winds start coming in, one of the fairy friends of uh, Tinkerbell, her name is... Rosetta. Rosetta. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what I'm talking Ooh, about. I Voiced by... Uh, I have no idea. Chris, no, not Kristen Bell. Oh, um, uh, Christian Chenoweth. Yeah, it's not. there you go. Yes, it, it is. is. Not Jinx. in this one. You owe me another glass what? of wine. The Kiami wine I'm drinking. That's not Kristen Chenoweth? It not is Kristen Chenoweth. Not in this one. 100%. I'm going to Google this. He already Googled it, dude. You're wrong. I'm if positive. he's that confident, he Googled it, and you're wrong. Nope, I'm going to uh, no, close right you're... Now. Look up Secret of the Wings. Tinkerbell. She, it was her and the other ones. Yeah, but if he Googled it, you're wrong, dude. Hold on. Look that I'm wrong, dude. Hold on. He's never wrong. 
It pisses me off. Just now. like I said, it's Megan Hilty. You're welcome. Good job. She has a southern accent, and her like jacket blows away, and it's a smoke like that's made out of leaves or something like that, and it's just like oh. And in that moment, right as soon as it blows away, it's caught midair by one of the frost fairies. His name is Sled, and they like he's sh- a hunk. Oh, he's totally a hunk. And they share this moment where he, she's just like, oh, thank you. Because she's like this, like, oh, I'm just a little southern bale. And he's just like, I am a frost fairy. Here you go. It's a little it's a little hat tip moment that's kind of endearing. Milady. So all of the bugs, all of the animals, all the fairies are put away. And the last two fairies we see are the queen and the king. As the, like, deep frost is moving in. And that's where they have their moment. And you see the king, or I'm sorry, I call him king, the lord, take off his coat of like feathers and place it over the queen. And you see his broken wings. He's got like a shattered, like torn wing. And so you see like, she'd been telling the story about how she and the lord, whatever. Well, you see it come to fruition. Like he was the one who can no longer fly and there's nothing they can do about it. Because they've established that there is, like, with all their magic and everything like that, there is no cure for a broken wing. And so he gingerly places this on her, so it's clear, like, he still loves her, but there's no cure for his broken wing, and that's what their love has done. And in a way, it's like, as a ruler, kind of showing weakness to his people, but it's in the process of providing comfort, providing security to somebody who's from the outside. After Lord Mallory decides to put his feather wing coat parka thing over Queen Clarion, you have that sense of love that, you know, you get from those season-crossed lovers, as we keep saying. Um, But basically, after Queen Clarion goes in the hole with the rest of the warm fairies to protect their wings from the frost, um, you have all of the snow winter fairies um, bracing the frost, being ready for it to hit the uh, Pixie Hollow main tree. Um, and as they're standing there, you know, you see them very nervous for what's going to happen, and you see them wondering, like, what will their futures entail um, based on, you know, like, the frost and, you know, what they've done to try to protect themselves from it. The she slowly exploded we cut to tinkerbell she's in her house all those animals are with her her friends are with her and they're all kind of hunkered down and they're just waiting and then this one ray of sunshine shines through and then a second ray of sunshine and you cut to outside and you see the sun is starting to melt the outside area It makes me wonder why the light fairies who control the sunshine didn't just try to use their powers to destroy the frost before it could even come to the tree. I mean, like, they have the power to move the sun rays, to bounce sunlight off of whatever they please to, and they couldn't stop some simple frost? Like, what's up with that? What? Which movie is that from? Um, every movie that ever was made for Tinkerbell. The original Tinkle... (laughs) <laughs> you just said Tinkle Bell. <laughs> Can we pause that and just go back to listen to this? Okay. We're back recording again. Okay. So everyone comes. 
comes to the realization that they're all safe. The tree starts producing the dust again. It shows up in the winter side again. The stoner dude sitting there like, whoa, I can't wait for the pixie dust hollow to come back. Yeah, he's kind of like a snowboarder. Or a stoner. Well, he's like a stoner so snowboarder. <laughs> he's like a stoner snowboarder. So, <laughs> stop. Just stop. <laughs> Hard cut. So he's basically like a stoner snowboarder who's sitting at the end of the stream that should be flowing from the winter season. And while he's sitting there, he goes, oh man, I can't wait for, you know, like the pixie dust to come back. And then it just flows off and knocks him off his seat, whatever. You realize that the dust starts flowing once again in the winter season and soon enough it begins to flow again in the summer and spring and fall season how exciting so the queen and the king come out and they realize that all of this happened because they were trying to keep tinkerbell and periwinkle apart and they realized that that was wrong and that it wasn't fair for them to try to keep these two sisters apart. Because sisters love each other. And you guys can't see it, but right now I'm hugging Brenna. Avery, get off me. Okay. <laughs> but one of the things that had happened, because, and, and this is the whole reason why when Tinkerbell was going to the Frostland, the Winterland, the Winter Woods, she uh, ended up falling. The reason why that happened is because her wing had broken because of the cold. Oh, this was when, uh, we forgot to say, this was when she was trying to warn them that the cold, like the hard frost was taking over the warm weather area. So she was coming to get the people to fix the tree. To protect it from the She the essentially snap. She broke her wing. And so as everybody's celebrating like, oh, this is so great, everything's fine, she kind of takes off her coat and her wing is shattered. But as everybody had seen, Lord Mallory, his wing... His wings had been broken off, and he'd already exp- explained how that was incurable. But when you see Tinkerbell and her, and she's just like congratulating, she's like, thank you, everybody. But her wing has been broken as well. It's this really sad moment. But then she meets up with her sister, and they have this moment where they're just kind of just like, her sister knows, like, she can't fly anymore. So they, they kind of like join hands and join wings. But while that happens... Because they have these identical wings, her wings start healing themselves. And as you see towards the beginning of the movie, when Periwinkle and Tinkerbell first meet, you know, their wings touch, they say, oh, jingles, or whatever. And this is the exact moment that we see towards the end of the movie. So it was that bit of foreshadowing that we now have come to the realization that it's what helps them in the end. It's that sisterhood, the bond, the incurable broken wing syndrome that we see is now have that fix to it. And that's when Dewey's like, oh, I guess that's a new chapter to that (laughs) wingology book, you know? It's things like that that idea of you know keeping these sisters inseparable isn't what's going to help them it's that bond that they didn't think that they would ever share well and once their wings touch tinkerbell's wings are fixed she can all of a sudden fly again like it's this this amazing like this thing that they thought couldn't be fixed is now fixed you're super excited about that yeah tinkerbell can fly again (laughs) hello you're and right. it is it is one of those moments where it's just like it you know even though it, this is a story about magic 
the whole thing is it's like the, the the one person who is the keeper of the knowledge he is also kind of like the scientist he's he fully admits that it's just like nothing like this has ever happened before this is a new chapter in my book and so instead of like denying that like oh this it's impossible this could never happen he's just like oh this is a new chapter oh this is something i've never understood before and now we know and who knows what this will do for the future tinkerbell movies well and my one of my favorite parts about all of this is that as this happiness is happening the king and the queen get so excited they kiss they start making out french oh. tongue hardcore fairy makeouts cross seasoned lovers that have now become cross seasoned kissers what up <laughs> and after we watch the king and queen kiss we cut to all of the fairies are now allowed to go on either side. Like the warm weather fairies are allowed to go on the cold side. Cold side's allowed to go on the warm side. They just have to take certain precautions yeah. before they go. And I love that the keeper of the knowledge is just like, oh, they do the smoochy smooch. <laughs> and basically everyone lives happily ever after. But as we saw before, you <clears throat> know, we have the idea of... That uh, love between Rosetta and Sled. Well, we're getting back to that um, because as we see the warm fairies move into the cold, um, cold land or the winter woods or whatever, you see them take that that uh, frost that they use to protect the tree. They use it on their wings um, so they don't get broken like Tinkerbell. Uh, like Tinkerbell. <laughs> Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. <laughs> Just think happy thoughts. <sighs> All right, um, after they move in, they're able to ice skate and sled and visit the things that they aren't normally allowed to in their own area. Um, you see Periwinkle start to um, see and play with Tinkerbell and all the things that she likes to do, things like that. And then you see those lovers with Rosetta and Sled um, see those times uh, as they grow their love as Queen Clarion and Lord Mallory began their time. Nice. I have uh, one more fun fact for this. Oh my gosh. Two, one. One more fact with with Joe Pale. So from the last Tinkerbell movie, there was a uh, coming attraction of the next movie that they were working on, which was this movie. And the sneak peek of this was called Tinkerbell and the Mysterious Winter Woods. Oh. oh. What? So before it was called Secret of the Wings, it was in the Mysterious Winter Woods and they wanted to kind of keep it more of a surprise. I was very surprised. I don't know I, you guys. As was I. Although I think I've seen these movies out of order now. You have and disappointed in you. Thank you. You're welcome. So with that, Final impressions? I enjoyed this, but I've never not enjoyed any of these Tinkerbell movies. There's this weird thing where, like, whenever I see them on Netflix, I'm just like, Ooh, this is a Tinkerbell movie. It's about fairies. I'm not going to be interested. And then once I actually watch it, it's great storytelling, great filmmaking. It's The, the animation is, is done really well, and I just love it every single time. What about Avery? you? Well, I mean, as we said at the beginning of this podcast, 
Tinkerbell movies, I feel, are somewhat underrated, you know? The graphics, um, the, the sound quality, the gra- like, everything about these movies just screams professionalism, and I love it, you know? I mean, you think that Tinkerbell is just some sidekick of Peter Pan, but she's so much more. She's an independent woman who's ready to find out what makes her her, and, you know, finds out everything about her her life, you know? I mean, she finds her sister in this, which is so important because I have two of my own. Love them to death as much as they make fun of me. Thank you, Brenna Peo and Gillian Milstein. Um, but basically, things like that, you know, I think that these movies are wonderful. I would highly recommend them to anyone of all ages. And uh, yeah, especially that one with Tom Hiddleston. He's a catch. So, uh, Brenna, what do you think? Well, I'm a little sad. The, the channel of Disney that made these movies in the last couple months has actually been shut down. Oh yeah, Disney Toon. They're not making movies anymore. So I'm very sad because I've always enjoyed all of the Tinkerbell movies. And only in the last couple years of marriage has I f- have I forced Joey to watch them. <laughs> Thus he's enjoyed them. But I'm sad that there will be no more in the future because I very much enjoyed them. But I think this one fits in with much like the other ones. It's just a good story. It's a fun movie for children, for adults. It's just fun. There's a lot to see visually. The stories are great. I just love them. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know that they weren't making anymore, and now I'm sad. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we had to be the people to... We crushed you. Yep. Provide that news. Well, we gave you drinks, but we also crushed you. Oh, my heart is crushed. So, Avery, how does it feel to be the first guest of our podcast? I feel wonderful, Peos. Thank you for asking. Um, Being your first ever guest has, you know, made me quite happy to be here i'm not gonna lie uh, it's been an emotional roller coaster most of which have been laughs through this entire podcast um i've now realized they're no longer making tinkerbell movies so i'm kind of upset about that but i mean it's been a lot of fun so i highly recommend anyone to be a guest if they ever have a chance to uh you will not regret it i promise you that and on that note i think we're done with this podcast i think we are we have accomplished tinkerbell secret of the wings I think it's time to say cheers and good night. Good night.